to be in the Lord's house again. And I hope that you had a good week. I've enjoyed uh, the first two nights of meeting. I'm going to set that over there just so I don't spill it. Of course, again, it's not a good place to set it either, is it? I don't know where I'm going to set it. I'll set it right back here. I'm just afraid I'm going to spill that on something. I sure don't want to do that. But uh, but it is good to be in the Lord's house tonight. I uh, hope you've had a good day. It's been a good week. I've enjoyed the, the messages on... Um, all right, am I good? Good on that? All right. Uh, I've enjoyed the messages on Monday and Tuesday night both, and I hope that you had a good night last night. I've talked to Brother Nathan and Brother Greg both, and it seemed like you did, Brother... Brother Greg said he sugared everybody up real good uh, last night, so uh, I don't know whether to believe him or not. I don't know. I hadn't listened to it yet, but um, but Amen. If it if it if it's out of God's word, it is sweet, isn't it? Amen. amen. Even those reproving ones will look back in our lives and realize that there are some of the sweetest things that somebody cared enough about you. God cared enough about you to send something set you right, set straight. And uh, we need revival in these days. I appreciate Brother Nathan. Appreciate the invitation to be here. Good news is, if I kill it tonight, you still got Friday night to, uh, to bring it back. Amen. And so uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate Brother David and Sister Wanda coming down, being with us tonight. I guess they're gluttons for punishment. I guess I don't know, but I appreciate them. Appreciate it's always good to see church folk. Good to have my father-in-law uh, with us tonight. Uh, Preacher Quincy used to always say, he said the only way to keep, he found the only way to uh, keep up with the Joneses was to marry one. He said that uh, that's what uh, Sherry did and that's what I did. Uh, the only way to keep up with the Joneses is to marry one. And so, uh, so I appreciate him, appreciate my family being here with us tonight. And it is just good to be in the Lord's house. Um, I want you to pray for us uh, tonight. I got a, I got a lot to, that I want to cover. And uh, don't be panicking or anything like that, but uh, this is what the Lord's laid heavy on our heart. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, the book of Jonah, book of Jonah, and I want you to be sure to be attentive to God's Word above all things. Uh, Lord, always, uh, you know, I know sometimes we're forgetful, but Lord, always bring your Bible. You always order read along. Uh, Lord, always, if things, you know, come to your mind of, that uh, uh, your mind and heart speak to you, underline it, parentheses it, whatever, highlight it, uh, whatever it is. That's the most precious book that we hold in our hands is God's Word. And um, it's God's Word for you. You know, it's God's Word for the world, but it's God's Word for you tonight. And I want you to understand that. And we're going uh, to try to preach out of this book. I about a year ago, uh, we had a Bible school there at the church, and some of the lessons were out of Jonah, and we preached the commencement message out of that same book, kind of go along, and ended up sometime after that, three or four weeks, preaching out of this book, and so um, I'm not going to try to give you three or four different messages in one. Uh, this is kind of a different thought, same context, but a different thought of what the Lord gave us. I want you, if you will, I want you to stand with me. Don't have your Bible. I want you to read along with someone if you can. But in Jonah chapter number one, I appreciate Brother Nathan. Uh, let me say this: I appreciate Brother Nathan, uh, the church here. Anybody here um, in November, the week of Thanksgiving, Brother Nathan will be with us that uh, week of Thanksgiving, the Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night of that week. Brother Nathan will be with us there at Antioch. 
And so y'all pray uh, for that meeting. Be looking forward to that. And uh, it'll be here before we know it. Amen. As quick as the weeks and the days go by, uh, we're, at the end of, we're at the end of August. Can you believe it? And uh, so, uh, so be praying for that meeting. Book of Jonah, chapter number one, says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare thereof and went down into it, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God, little g-god, notice that, cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and they fell upon, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? Of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord and the Lord and the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto them, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be common to us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. He said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so the, sheep, the sea shall be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now I want you to turn or look over at chapter number three. You turn the page if you have to. Look over at chapter number three. We'll read the first four verses there. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Let me say this. That'll get the job done. Uh, preaching that the Lord bids is what gets the job done today. Amen. The preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh 
According to the word of the Lord, now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again. Our Heavenly Father, God, we pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, your blessings be upon your word. God, we pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, that you would help us. God, as we sing the song, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Lord, whether we're singing a song, whether we're preaching your word, whether we're reading along, Lord, with the Scripture tonight, God, we need the presence and the touch of the Holy Ghost of God, Lord, in our lives. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, in each individual, God, that you'd make yourself manifest. God, help us, Lord, out of your word. Lord, we're a needy people. Lord, there's needs all over this house. If there's a person here, there's a need here. God, I just pray, Lord, tonight, God, that you'd meet every need. Lord, you can do it. God, you can do it in one week. You can do it in one night, one message. God, you can meet every need for every person, Lord, here tonight. God, I pray, Lord, you'd take this a little bit. Lord, make it much, Lord, to the people and the hearers. Lord, take, take me, Lord, a, a nothing and a nobody. God, open up my mouth and, Lord, let, and just use me, Lord, for your glory. God, I pray, Lord, especially, Lord, if there's one here that's lost and undone. God, I pray, Lord, that they'd hear the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I pray that they'd feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost. God, I, I, I pray, Lord, tonight, God, that they could see God's Father, uh, God the Father's will for them is not to perish and, and, and to repent and be born again tonight. And God, I, I pray, Lord, that you'd do a work in their life that only you can do. God, draw them in and God, convert them, Lord, here tonight. God, may they see that tonight, Lord, might be their last night. God, tonight, Lord, may be their only night, Lord, that you deal with their heart. God, I don't know what the need is, but Lord, you do. And God, you know why you put this message on our heart. God, just help us be faithful to preach it, Lord, here tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, and I sure appreciate you standing tonight. So we think about the book of Jonah. And the story, I, I, hate, I really hate saying story, but the account of Jonah the book of Jonah is probably one of the first things that we learn. Uh, if you've been in church any time, even as a kid, uh, if we think about, you think about what is the book of Jonah about? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? So one of you kids tell me, the first thing that comes to your mind when I say, what is the book of Jonah about? Anybody? Jonah and the, and the whale. Okay. That's the first thing that comes to our mind. But I, I, as I got to studying and looking into this book, I see that there's so much more than just the story of Jonah and the whale. And let me say this. If we look at the book and we just see Jonah and we just see the whale, we're missing everything. And so we think about this book. And like I said, I guess because we're familiar with that account, maybe we don't go to it. I, I believe it's a neglected book uh, preached out of. I believe it's a ne neglected book that uh, uh, even in, in reading and daily reading. Uh, but uh, uh, we think about what is, what is the focus of the book of Jonah. First of all, let me say this. There's a focus. I want you to focus on the people of the book. See, it's more than just about Jonah. There's other people in the book of Jonah that it's about. Of course, the people of the book, we have Jonah. Notice there. Notice down there in verse number five, we have the mariners that are introduced to the book. 
And then notice also in, over in chapter number 3 where we read, we have the whole city. So all the people of Nineveh. So we have the people of the book of Jonah. Then we have the power of the book of Jonah. What is the power? Or who is the power in the book of Jonah? And the power in the book of Jonah, you don't have to read far to find it. It's God Himself. And so we see the power of the book of Jonah is God. And so what is the purpose of the book of Jonah? Just just simple little outline. The people, the power, and the purpose of the book of Jonah. What is the purpose of the book of Jonah? What is God trying to do with this little four chapters? I believe it's 50-some verses. I, I can't add real good, but it's uh, if you can add 17, 10, and... and uh, uh, 10 and 11, was that 53, 50-some verses uh, here in the book of Jonah? I, I, I don't know. I didn't really write it down. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just about two pages in my Bible. But God is, is trying to do something big out of the book of Jonah, even in this little book. And so we see the purpose of the book, or, or we look at the purpose, and I got to thinking, what is God trying to say out of the book of Jonah. And this is the subject, this is the title I want to uh, preach on tonight. Can I please get your attention? I believe with all my heart that that is what God is trying to say in the book of Jonah to Jonah, to the mariners and the people of the city. He's trying to say to them, can I please get your attention? I think about God today. What God's trying to say to us as a country. God's trying to say, can I please get your attention as a lost person here tonight. You're here and lost. Let me say what God's purpose for you being here tonight. And underneath the singing of, uh, of these hymns and underneath the preaching of God's word. God is saying to you, can I please, can I please. He is begging you. To get your attention off of everything else. And can I please have your attention. And then also us as Christians today. I see that God. His desire for us. Is that we would please have his attention. And, and, and let him have our attention. I think about from the beginning of the book. Chapter number one. To the end of the book. That's, God's, that's what God's saying through it all. He's trying to get the attention of Jonah, the mariners, and the city there of Nineveh. Got to thinking about the whole Bible uh, in itself. Is that not what God does through the whole Bible? From the beginning to the end? Is that what the, God is not saying in the very beginning when He says, In the beginning, God. Right off from the start, Brother J.R., He said, Let me have, can I get your attention? And I created everything. Let me get your attention. Let me just say that in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Is that not what you flip over just a couple pages over chapter number three of the book of Genesis three and three and nine, and we see that Adam and Eve and their sin, and and what does God do? What does God say? Hey, He come into the garden, the cool of the day, and and the Lord called unto Adam, and He said, "Where art thou?" What's He saying? Can I have your attention? Can I please have your attention? Ah, you know, you like to say that sometimes preaching. I just want to say to bunch tonight. 
of Jonah. I see God is saying the same thing. Not just in the Bible. I mean, I, mean, I think about I think about this. I think about I mentioned there, we think about revival. Is that not what revival is? I mean, we think about I believe that we've talked about revival. Said the word revival. We made it as complicated as people make salvation. Yeah, that's right. Talk about salvation and talk about all this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this. Listen, I ain't easy believism. I ain't. I ain't one, two, three. Brother Nathan, what happened here? I ain't one, two, three, repeat after yeah. me. I ain't, ain't been claiming. I, I, I believe you got to be drawn by the Holy Ghost yeah. of God. I, I believe you got to realize that you're a sinner, and I believe you got to call, repent of your sins, call on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, born again. Amen. That's still pretty simple, though, isn't it? And, uh, but is that not what revival is? For, for the church, God said, can I please once again, maybe, maybe you took your attention, maybe your, maybe us as Baptists, maybe your, I, I ain't talking to anybody is, I, or, you know, you talk about ADHD, attention deficit, hyperactive disorder, I, I ain't talking to anybody that is or anything like that. But we as Christians, we're attention deficit. Yes, attention deficit. We can we can listen to a, a message, get out in the parking lot, or go to work, and they say, "What did the preacher preach on?" Ah, well, uh, ooh, well, I think he's over there in the New Testament somewhere, and I, I think, and he was talking about Peter and and Jesus, and he and he preached on sin. Yeah. <laughs> you know why that is? Because God doesn't have our attention. Everything else. We're, we're in a busy world. We're a basic world. Work, problems, family, all the all these different things. Does God have your attention? 
because he wants your attention, then I will revival it. Yes, I got to hurry. I haven't even got into where I want. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter number 3. Look at Revelation chapter number 2 and 3. The Lord Jesus Christ addresses seven verses in Revelation 2 and 3. Every single one of the seven churches, He signs off by saying this, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Every single one of them. He says, if you got an ear, anybody here not have ears? He said, he's talking to you then. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Every single one of them. He says this, can I please have your attention? Amen. Starting at Ephesus, when he tells them that they, they've left their first love, signs off the letter, he that hath fear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. He's wanting you to understand that and know that. He said, can I please have your attention, if that's you, you lost your first love. Right on down to the church of Laodicea. The church of Laodicea. Christ is on the outside. If you notice, if you ever notice this, it's the church of Ephesus and the church at Smyrna and uh, Philadelphia, right on down the line. Gets down to Laodiceans. And he addresses it this way. And to the church of the Laodiceans. The other ones he was talking about, the church at Ephesus, the church at Smyrna, church at Tyra, Tyra, all this. Then to the church of the Laodiceans is their church. But we see, but we see this. He's still yet dealing with them. He's still yet talking to them. And he, and he says, he says that the, Lord's, the Lord's on the outside. And he said, what, what, what he's saying is this. Would somebody, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. And he said, would some, can I please get your attention by knocking? And I'm knocking to get your attention and somebody's got to open the door. Got to open the door. Yeah. Right on down. God's saying to all those churches, God's saying to the church, here at Mountain View Baptist Church, God's saying to the church at Antioch Baptist Church, and God's saying to the church at Smithport and Midway, right on down the line, doesn't matter. And God's saying to all the churches, can I please have your attention? You pay attention to me? You ever do that to your youngins? Hey, over here. Look here. Anybody here a teacher? I'm sure teachers do that all the time. Here, here, here. Pay attention. Why you mess up? Because you don't pay attention. Why you not do right? Because you don't pay attention. God's saying, can I please have your attention? I think about this. I think about God is calling and commanding. Can I please get your attention? Not just, not just in these days of Jonah, but in our day today. Is that not, I mean, Lord help, if we went through COVID and all the catastrophes and all the storms and all the things that, I mean, every day watching news just like I can't believe it. Yeah. 
I can't believe it. And if we let all these things, and, and believe it or not, I believe there's some people, let all these things take place, and Brother David, God still ain't got their attention. Yes. Last day time. Amen. I'm telling you, last day time. Amen. You don't have a vaccine, you can't buy it, can't sell. Amen. Can't go to this place, can't go there. Baby steps into tribulation times. We're on the doorstep of it. I'm telling you we're on the doorstep yes. of it. Wars and rumors of war. All these things. I mean, just I mean, God just really broke and burned my heart to see and study. And I just had to be flipping uh, through my phone and saw a, a headline article of everything that took place in Afghanistan here today. One more reason I know God's trying to wake up America. God's trying to wake up the church. God's trying to wake up the Christian. God's trying to get the attention of lost people today. You better be saved. Better be saved. Amen. We think of these things, and I think about revival. Some try to shout it in. Some try to sing it in. I ain't against singing. I ain't against shouting. But the God of the Bible, you correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Nathan. Revival is always sorrowed in. Yes. It's not shouted in. Shouting is the, is the product of revival. Get a song back in our heart. Singing is the product of revival. But the precursor of revival is always sorrow. David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Look at Psalm chapter number 51. David is a Christian as a man after God's own heart. Hey, David had the sorrow, godly sorrow, over his sin. Get back right with God. That's the way. Hey, I, I, I hate to tell you this. And what, what, what that does, that kills our pride in thinking we got to be sorry for anything that we've ever done or ever said. But I'm telling you this, we'll not see revival in our personal lives. We'll not see revival in our communities. We'll not see revival in our country. This country will not turn back to God till it repents. Amen. You as an individual, same way. We think about this. Lord, I got a, I got a ways to go. But... Uh, we think about, let, let me just look at the book of Jonah. Read my, read my text and never went back there. Isn't that something? Some preachers do that. I can't stand that. Read the text and then don't ever, read, don't ever preach anything out of it. So let's go back to the book of Jonah, okay? Book of Jonah. Let me say this. First of all, we see God is trying to get the attention of a running Christian. Jonah was not, the, the point of his salvation is not when he's in the belly of the whale. Jonah's a saved man. I believe Jonah is a preacher among preachers. God wouldn't have appointed some junk or some middle of the roader to go to Nineveh and preach a repentance message to them had Jonah not been a great man of God. But here we're introduced in the first verses. God's trying to get the attention of a running Christian. Is that you tonight? I wonder. I'm just asking you. Is that you tonight? You running from what God wants you to do? That's what Jonah did. Share, share this. 
Let's just break it down right here. This is disobedience. God said to do one thing. Jonah did the opposite. He didn't know it would do good and do it not. To him, it is sin. The sin of omission. There's sins of cut. We think about the sins of commission all the time. Murder and thievery and robbery and adultery and all these different lustful thoughts and all these different things. What about things God tells us to do that we won't do? We haven't done them. We know to do right. And we will not do them as born again King James Bible holding Christians. That's right. Gosh, that hurts, don't it? Running. God's trying to get the God's trying to get the attention of running, the running Christian. Second of all, let me say this: God is trying to get the attention of a rebellious crew. You have those mariners. You ever heard the term "cuss like a sailor"? I believe they got that from Jonah. <laughs> a rebellious crew. They begin to see the storm, and I don't know why sailors. Hope ain't no sailors in here. But I don't know why sailors have that reputation, but I mean that's. Is that not the term? Cuss like a sailor? Come out like a sailor? Whatever, whatever it is. I don't know why. I don't really know many sailors, but I don't know why that is. But that's just that's just the crew that they're that, that they're in, I guess. But but isn't that something God? And, and I guess they're the forgotten ones, really, in the whole book of Jonah. It's that group of mariners. I don't know how many. I don't know how many of them was on the ship there with him. But God got the attention of them boys. God, God literally got the attention of them. And then lastly, God's not only trying to get the attention of a running Christian, a rebellious crew. Uh, let me just say this. They were lost. They were lost. And I asked the question. I asked the question, are you a running Christian? Let me just ask you this. Are you lost? You ever been saved? You say it's God, God's trying to get you attention. Maybe not just in this message. Maybe in messages past. I, I think about before I before I was saved, I, I think back now. Everything that God lined up. Messages, men, conversations I was in, different things like that to real make me realize I made a profession when I was Seven, eight years old there at Calvary. Said I got saved, baptized, joined the church. Years. When I was 30 years old, God, I really got born again when I was 30 years old. Can't tell you everything that happened in between there. Tried to live right, do right, and do all the do all the right things growing up at church. Said on church view. I, 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 I said this the other day. I was assistant Sunday school. Uh, teacher, I was assistant superintendent. I sang in the choir. Daddy was a deacon. I was married to a preacher's granddaughter. I mean, pretty good resume, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you look. A lot of people look at that and say, "Man, that's pretty good." By as lost as the journal. Lost Amen. as the Amen. Lost is lost. Yes. Lost. Amen. Undone. So is that you tonight? And then lastly, God's trying to get the attention of a reprobate city. Here's a city that is lying. God says this, their wickedness is come up before me in verse number two. Their wickedness come up before me. 
it, it, it's, it's just as in the days of Noah, God looked at the things going on in the earth and, and it repented him that he even made man. I mean, look where we're at now. Wonder what God thinks now. You ever, you ever thought about that today? You say, boy, that must have been bad back in, back in those days. I wonder this. I wonder if they even hold a candle where we're at today in the world. Really? God's saying to all three of these categories, the running Christian, the rebellious crew, lost, and the reprobate city, the reprobate country. Yes. He said, can I please have your attention? Amen. First of all, let me say this. I need to hurry along here. I don't want to be past an hour and a half. Amen. <laughs> But no, I, I don't I don't want to be long, but I want to say what God, God wants me to say. Even if I gotta slow down a little bit. God's saying, Can I please have your attention? First of all, I want you to notice this his anger over sin. God's anger over sin. Now, that's a subject you don't hear preached on much anymore. I'm sure your pastor does. But I'm talking about in church world. You ain't going to hear Joel Osteen yeah. talk about God's anger over sin. Yeah. It's all puppies and pancakes and smiles and, yeah. and sweetness and all those different things. It really is. But I, I'm not just picking on him. But I'd say this. In the majority of churches, and you're right, worldwide, locally, you're not going to hear much on God is angered over your sin. But let me say this, to each one of these categories, God saying, can I please have your attention? Brother Elmer, first of all, he's saying this, I want you to understand, I'm angry over your sin. I ain't, let me say this. God ain't winking at it. God ain't sweeping it under the rug. God sees it. God knows it. You're an open book to Him. He knows what you're saying. He knows where you're going. He knows what you're looking at on the internet. All these different things. Brother, you can hide it from the preacher and you can hide it from mama and daddy and grandma and grandpa. You can hide it from the church, but you cannot hide it from God. Amen. God is angered over the sin. First of all, let me say this. Of the lost. Well, what sends somebody to hell? Let's just, let's just tackle that subject. What sends somebody to hell? Unbelief. Why? Why they unbelieve? Why, why would anybody not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Because they'll never come to the realization, or they never come to the realization that God is angered over them over sin. Amen. Not individual, not specific sins, but the fact that they are a sinner. What send somebody to hell? You're a sinner. You're born into sin. You're born into it. You can't do anything about it. You can't be. 
good enough God. You can't wash it away yourself. You, you can't turn over enough leaves. You can't clean up so many times. You can't quit the bad things you can't do. But more good than bad and all these different things. You can't do all that yourself. Yes, preach your name. Amen. God's anger over sin. A lot of people don't want to preach. God's a consuming fire. We're talking about the God of heaven. He burned down Sodom and Gomorrah. He opened up the earth and swallowed up the sons of Korah. Think he's messing around? Think God's going to let you by? For the rebellious, hey, I'm telling you, for the rebellious crowd, the lost crowd, same thing goes with the running Christian. Yes. And I, you know, you look at Jonah here in the scripture. Jonah goes down, he rose in the Tarsus to flee from the presence of the Lord. He knew what he was trying to do. He knew it. He knew to do better. But he wasn't doing it. To him it's sin. But it don't take you long to realize reading down through the story here what happens to Jonah. God's angered. The fact that God told him to do something he didn't do it. God help us here tonight. I don't want to get ahead of myself but God help us to realize that. I thank God he's the God of grace and mercy and long suffering. He is, he's the God of comfort He's the God of peace. He's the God of joy. He's, I mean, his, his mercies are new every day. Yes, He is all those things. But I tell you what, God is still God and God hates sin. Can't stand it. And so we see here, He's angered at the sin of the rebellious crew. He's angered at the sin of the running Christian. He's angered at the sin of the reprobate city. God's plan and God's intention for Nineveh. The prophecy was 40 days. And Nineveh is going to be overturned. That's the prophecy. Now, it's what they, it's one of those things. What are you going to do with it? I said already, I'll say, I wonder what God thinks. Really, I wonder what God thinks. When he looks at America. You know this about the city of Nineveh? The main worship there was the worship of Dagon, the god Dagon. God Dagon is a is a kind of a merman. Half fish, half man. Like from the waist up is a man, and from the waist down is a, the tail of a fish. And in the practice of the worship of David, there was homosexual acts, there was child sacrifice, and there was sexual lewd parties, whatever you want to call them. All these things taking place during the worship of David. Don't you think God didn't see it for that city? And same thing for America, any other country as far as that goes, for the whole world. God sees every bit of sin that goes on. Amen. I'll say this, God has blessed America. Yeah. 
and the fact that he ain't burning down right now. Yes. With all the foolishness that we're dealing with today, you say, hey, we ain't we don't worship Baal, we don't worship Dagon. Hey, let me say this. The practices still today yes. in 2020. Homosexuality, abortion. Yes. I'm telling you, this is a bad, bad. It was so bad the fact that God could see it, God could smell. It said, it said there, their wickedness has come up before me. I believe he smelled the stench of sin. Just a rotten mess. And so I want you to understand the sin of the sin of the city was Dagon worship. The sin of the crew was disbelief. Somebody said it there earlier. What sent somebody to hell? What sent somebody to hell? Unbelief. Unbelief in what? Unbelief in the Lord Jesus Christ as your only Savior, your only hope, the finished work of Christ, the blood, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the blood, atonement, the fact that He's sitting at the right hand of the Father today won't make intercession for you and I and save you. You will not step out and believe it. Yeah. Amen. That's it. That's your ticket. That's the ticket. Everybody, everybody's got different things in their life. Some's hooked on dope, and some's hooked on alcohol. Some's hooked on the sexual things, and some's hooked on lies, and I mean, hooked on everything. I mean, people hooked on it. You're hooked on something. I promise you that. People hooked on something. People hooked on money. Hooked on work. Hooked on their job. Hooked on uh, all the activities and all these different things. But you would not the the the. What punches everybody's ticket to hell is that she's never born again. Amen. You can repeat as many prayers as you want to. Right. You can get baptized as much as you want to. You can be as faithful as you want to. Really. You can come to church as much as you want to. You can come to church every service if you want to. You'll still go to hell. That's right. And so we see that their sin was disbelief. And then we see the sin of the running Christian is just disobedience. I, I believe with all my heart that's the world that we're living in today Amen. in the Christian world. Just disobedience. Think, I think that's the thing that's killing, killing most churches, killing most families, most homes. I, I tell you, I've seen some homes split up in the past year, I never in many years would ever thought they split up. Yeah. And you can trace it back, and you know she can point the finger at him, and he can point the finger at her, and kids can point the finger at that one and that one, and everything. You, you can go back and forth. But I guarantee you, cipher it out enough, somebody's just simply disobedient. Amen. And fell into sin. Amen. Didn't do what they should do. Pretty tragic, isn't it? Yeah. We look at, first of all, I think God's saying here in the book of Jonah, He's saying to all three of these groups, can I please have your attention? I'm angered over your sin. Secondly, let's look at this. God's saying, not only talking about His anger over His sin, 
But secondly, let's look at this, his authority over the situation. See, Jonah, when he left, thought he was in control. I mean, he really did. He went down, he bought the ticket, got on the ship, thought about what he was doing. <laughs> going free, I'm, going, I'm going to go to Tarsus, I'm going to flee from the presence of the Lord. Knew exactly what he was doing. And God said, not so fast. Amen. Let me tell you who the authority over the situation is. So you might think that you'll get by doing what you want to do. Amen. As, as a running, we're talking about the running Christian right now. You might think that you'll get by doing what you want to do, how you want to do it, living the way you want to live. Let me say this, there's a lot of people in jail thought that too. You know what now? They wake up, somebody tells them when to wake up, somebody tells them when to shower, somebody tells them when they can go outside, somebody tells them when they can go play ball, somebody tells them when they can live late, somebody tells them when they can take a shower, somebody tells them when they can go to the bathroom. All their life, they said, ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do. <laughs> now look. No, same way in the life of a Christian. <laughs> we we say it as much as we want to. I I, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice God's authority over every situation. Look at chapter number one. Chapter number one. Now, now look at this. See, what do you say? Well, how, how, how's God in control? Well, first of all, chapter number one, God used a prepared wind. Look at this. In verse number four, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Too bad Jonah's dealing with the God that controls the wind. Second of all, look at chapter number two. I'm telling you, God throughout the book, He's saying, I'm the authority of every situation. Book number, or chapter number two, or, 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 or chapter number one, verse number 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. So in chapter number one, not only does He prepare the wind, but then God has prepared a well. Swallow up Jonah. Chapter number 3, as we move on to, uh, as he deals uh, with Nineveh there, God prepares a witness. God prepares His Word to go forth. In chapter number 4, as Jonah is sitting there, and just please let me just throw this in there. Uh, I, it doesn't say this, but no doubt about it, Jonah was a Baptist. Did you know that? <laughs> Know how I know that? Look at chapter number four with me, real quick. Verse number one, but this displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was very angry. Verse number one, you see him exceedingly mad. Well, God gave him a gourd, verse number six. Then verse number six says, So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. So he went from exceeding mad to exceeding glad. And then verse number eight. God sends a worm, smites the door. The end of verse number 8, Jonah says, It's better for me to die than to live. So he went from exceeding mad to exceeding glad to exceeding sad. Bound to be a Baptist. I just had to throw that in there for good fun. Isn't that us to a T? I mean, we're up, we're down, we're all over the place. Mad, angry. Well, God in the glory today. We're happy. 
tomorrow comes, I just don't know if I can make it. I just wish the Lord would just come on and take me. Singing sad. Mad glad sad. Well, that was free. That's a different outline, okay? <laughs> but God, in chapter number four, God sent a worm. God sent another wind. What I'm saying is, God showed that He was the authority of every single one of their situations. Amen. Notice this. This is what I think is interesting. If you don't get anything else out of the message tonight, this is what I think is interesting. Jonah runs. He's the running Christian. He's the running preacher. He's the running man of God. Jonah runs, and God sends a storm like these sailors. These are men... I mean, that's their profession. They lived their life on the sea that these sailors ain't never seen before. I mean, to the point where they're throwing stuff off the boat, trying to save the boat. They have never seen a storm like this storm. God sent that storm. Now, if you look on a map, Joppa's a port city. You've got the Mediterranean Sea and you've got Joppa right kind of there in the middle. Nineveh is to the east inland about three, four hundred miles inland. Tarsus is believed to be far west of the Mediterranean. So Jonah goes to Joppa, the port city, finds him a boat, pays the fare, goes down. Notice that? Down, down, down. Listen, keep on going. He's, he's, that's where he's headed. Down, down, down. But anyway, he paid the fare, got on the boat, and he went this way. And God said, let me show you what I can do. And he sent the greatest storm these sailors ever seen. And they're fighting against the wind. What's God trying to do in the storm? Trying to blow him back this way. He started in Joppa. God told him to go east. He said, I'm going west. God said, all right. We'll see how that works for you. Gets out on the boat a little ways. God sends a wind. Yeah. And trying to send him back to where he intended to go. Let me say this about storms in our life. Some of them self-inflicted. Yeah. And some of, some of them are the ministry of God in our lives. Amen. Or God trying to minister in our lives. Sometimes we say, I, listen, I know it rains on the just and the unjust. Don't you get me wrong. Bad things don't just happen to bad people. Bad things happen to some of the best people I know. But I believe even bad things happening to good people, God's still yet in that storm, in the middle of that storm, trying to get their attention. I believe that. And, and notice this about the running Christian, what he's able to do. Oh gosh, if this isn't us to a T. In the middle of the storm that God Himself says the Lord sent a great wind. No doubt about it. What just happened since God sent the storm? In the storm that God sent to turn Jonah back in the other direction and put him where he wanted him to go, Jonah slept through it. Isn't that amazing? I, I tell you this. I really I don't even wear a watch. I don't even know. I don't even know how long I've been. But I'll be honest with you. I really don't care. 
But I don't say that in disrespect or anything like that. But listen, he was able in the roughest storm that these sailors had ever seen. He went down the bottom of the boat and slept through the whole thing. The shipmaster had to come to him and wake him up and say, What meanest thou, old sleeper? Isn't that amazing? There's a, I, I thought about this. There's a, there's a family connected with our church and, and actually members of our church and different things like that. I, if I, I, don't, I, ain't, I ain't mentioned names or anything like that, but they just want me to probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, I, I've tried my best to encourage over, over eight years of being there to encourage them to get in there, encourage them to stay, Husband, wife, four youngins, four precious youngins. One of them's made a profession. The other three's never made a profession. Try to encourage them to get up eight years. Tried, tried my best. God, uh, died, or she got diagnosed with a, with a pretty bad breast cancer. First, first go around. It is pretty bad. And there for a little while, they, they struck back for a little while. And then they's, they's gone again. And sometime later, I don't know what the spans are between everything. Sometimes later, as the last time Brother Buster was with us at the church there, he preached all week, Brother David, you remember, preached all week on storms. They come that Monday night. Surprised me, really did. Surprised me. She had found out that week that her cancer had come back. They come that Monday night, Brother Buster, knowing nothing of any situation, preached on storms in our life. Preached all week on storms in our life. And, I mean, you couldn't have bulls. The things that he said, that God said through him that night, you couldn't have bullseyed her life any more in the center of right where she was. And I thought to myself, this is it. This is, I mean... I mean, it's like God is ordained this. I mean, they hadn't been in months. It just happened to come that night of that first night of revival. Brother Buster brought the message on that. And I, it, it helped all of us. But I'm telling you, it bullseyed where she was in her life at that very time. They were there Monday night. One of them was there Tuesday night. And never saw him again. How's that possible? How's it possible you go into a place and the preacher pinpoints exactly where you're at? The storm that you're in, the thing, the sin in your life, whatever it is, things and, and pinpoint it to a T. Almost to the fact where you're like, I think the preacher's been listening to my phone conversation. I think the preacher's been looking at my Facebook again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. But almost to a T, <coughs> God's sending a storm yeah. in our life and saying, can I please get your attention? And I know, I know Miss Alyssa, it's great to see you. And I know you've been through it. We pray for you. It's a blessing to see you. It, it really is. 
Would it be, wouldn't it be said God brought her through all that he brought her through? Her come Thursday night, you've been here Monday, Tuesday night, as soon as you was here last night. Get get here tonight or revival and be like, no. I don't think I'll go. That's something. How, how is it? I'm telling you, the running Christians, they will do things that you cannot even believe. Just because God's trying to get their attention and get them where he wants them, and he's able to sleep through it. But you know what? God said, all right, slept through that. Let me give you this little ticket real quick. Think about Jonah's sin. They, they woke him up, and they said unto him, Rise, call upon thy God, big G God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. You know what he never did? Jonah never did pray. That's right. Isn't that something? Uh, let me say something about the running Christian. You can do a lot of things. You can sing in the choir, have sin in your life, be running from what God wants you to do, be out of God's will. You can sing in the choir. You can teach Sunday school. Mm -hmm. You can even stand in the pulpit and preach. There's one thing you can't do. No matter how hard you try, you cannot pray. That's right. Jonah never was able to utter a word to the God of heaven. God, what a shape to be in as a Christian. Yes. He couldn't get a I mean, in the worst storm in his life, <laughs> he wasn't able to get a word to God because he's going the opposite direction where God wanted him. Amen. Couldn't do it. God sent a storm, but you know who it did wake up? It woke up those mariners, didn't it? Jonah never did get a hold of anything. But notice this: at the beginning, they're calling on their gods. I'm sure you've seen this before. In the, in the beginning, they're calling on their gods. By the end of it, I believe this. I believe the boys got saved. Yes. I read the Amen. God showed His power in the storm such a mighty way that a bunch of lost, a, a bunch of lost, rebellious crew of cussing sailors, Amen. that minutes ago were calling on false gods, they saw His power. As soon as they, as soon as they saw Jonah hit the water. He said, my goodness, we're dealing with somebody. We got no choice yes. but to bow our heads. And the Bible says this, they made vows to him. Yeah. They called him the Lord. He says, so they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea. Sea ceased from raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice yes. unto the Lord. Made vows. I'm telling you, the storm wasn't for no purpose. It didn't wake, it didn't wake up the running Christian. But it sure woke up the rebellious crowd. Yeah. So let me say this. Jonah goes on and, and we see that the well is prepared. See, the well swallows up Jonah. Now the storm didn't get his attention. Really did. I, I, we scratch our heads and say, how could the storm not get Jonah's attention? The storm didn't get his attention. But I tell you what, this did. Can you imagine yourself being thrown in the water and basically what he's saying, kill me? Throw me overboard. I'm the reason. I'm the reason why the storms come upon us. Throw me overboard. You're getting rid of your problem. 
really just 